This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the sat down here on SM Media. I am Scott McPike and once again delighted to be here. This week I'm pleased to introduce Morgan Murray, personal trainer, good friend of mine. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. It's good to be on. No worries at all. How have you been? Yeah, really good actually. Really good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What about the, the current situation? How have you been kind of finding it? Um, actually not bad. At first I found it a bit strange, obviously, but I quite like just being myself and doing my own thing. So it's actually been really good and I've been quite lucky that I've been able to work throughout it, um, which I'm sure we'll go into at some point. But Aye. it's it's been, I think the worst part of it for me was not being able to see my gran. That's, Aye, okay. That was the worst part. That was the worst part. But apart from that, I've been doing, doing quite good. What about you? Have you been finding I've been doing well. I just... Kind of back to work now, so everything's yeah. slowly getting there. But I just hope this is the that's as bad as the end of it. I know. Uh, what's I been know. your kind of takeaway as well for like the the pandemic? I know kind of yourself, you kind of rely on the gym a lot for your work. Mm-hmm. What's been your kind of big takeaway, like from the whole thing? So for me, I think it was um, utilizing what you've got. Uh, obviously it's great when you've got a big gym and you can do so much with so many people, but it's allowed me to really go straight back to basics like when you start learning to PT you get taught the bare minimum and then from there you have to kind of learn the rest yourself um but for me I can take I can just strip everything right back with the little equipment that people had obviously at the start we couldn't do one-to-ones at all apart from over zoom sessions mm-hmm. um, so it was just really trying to use people's body weight and utilizing what they had I mean people's tons of beans came into handy so well, so well. <laughs> yeah. So, like, on that regard, do you think a lot of like you're particularly you can uh, I'll call I won't call them customers, I'll call them clients. But do you think a lot of them kind of relied on you during this whole thing for like more emotional support than anything else? Like, oh, definitely. I'm really lucky with the group of girls that I've got. Um, all my clients are females, not because I'm against training guys it's just that most yeah. of them are um we use each other as a support system um mm-hmm. i've got a group chat and a group that they all they've all become really good friends actually which yeah. i think is really important um especially for people that for example live alone or aren't getting to to see their other halves or whatever especially the first kind of 12 weeks when no one was really allowed to do anything yeah um at the first kind of I think it was the first eight weeks I was running online classes. So there was maybe like six of us at eight o'clock in the morning. And to be honest, it was more just for the the social aspect of it. You'll know yourself. It's it's so important when you're stuck in four walls. It's so difficult. Um, Obviously, we're really lucky with technology now that we can all keep in touch. But it gets a bit boring speaking to the same people in your house every day. (laughs) I know. Especially like as as well, like we have needed each other. Like we have needed to be with other people like we've been missing it's particularly like things like zoom which we're on just now like it is it is a great thing to have in it just to be able to talk to somebody that's uh maybe five miles away from your house but you're used to kind of going to the house and seeing them but i i definitely agree with you uh well can i start the interview can i i've known you for a while i've known you for a long time talk about your early years kind of growing up we're we're for the same area just talk about where you kind of grew up 
and so i'm just from next to morrison's i'm just box standard right in the middle of air i was so lucky that i lived near everything i could walk everywhere um school went to homeson primary just around the corner and then went to bellman um Bellman wasn't the best place to go. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like school. Uh, I think I might have had a, a slight disadvantage because my dad taught at the school. Mm -hmm. People think that's an advantage, but it's not. It's definitely not an advantage. <laughs> you get away with nothing. Really? Um, yeah. But do you know what? It was fine. Like, I think you're, you either like school or you don't. And I just yeah. didn't. I just didn't like it. I didn't like sitting down. I didn't. I didn't like that. So I left school at what seventeen. Yeah, I started working, my first job was when I was 14, but I went into full-time work when I was 17 oh, okay. um, after I'd got my, my exam results. Uh, I remember everyone was so shocked with the exam results I got because I was so, like, I'm, I'm just me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't really come across as, like, the most intelligent person, but I came out with, like, the best grades of the year and everyone was like, how did you even do that? And I just remember thinking, I'm never going to use these grades anyway. <laughs> so what were the kind of subjects you were good at, like, I think it was your dad a PE teacher, am I right? He was, yeah. So yeah. were you kind of, was the PE the kind of something? Focus? I did love, I did love PE. Um, it was difficult though, because every time I had an exam coming up for my hires, he'd be like, nah, just, just patch studying that, let's study PE. And I was like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and I remember I was just telling someone the other day this, um, I was terrible at badminton, like the worst. And uh, he used to make me every lunchtime go in, and play against them at badminton until I got really? better at it. So the only hour of my day that I got alone at school, I had to go and spend it with my dad <laughs> doing badminton. It was so bad. <laughs> so when you say kind of school wasn't for you, did you have kind of plans leaving school or like what you wanted to do? Or? So my original plan actually was to go and do criminal law, which I right. got into, which was fine. Like, as I say, my grades were great. So I got into that. I went up to Stirling and chose my flat and everything like that because my brother had moved up there and that's where he was. So right. um, I'd gone up there and I think about three weeks before I was due to move away, I was like, nah, I don't think I want to go. And my mom and dad were like, great. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so I decided against that. Um, at that point, I was working in property, though I'd managed to to get into a job in property, okay. um, and I just kind of worked my way up there. I went from one estate agent that was just predominantly lettings, and then I moved to Donald Ross, which was lettings and sales. And to be honest, I absolutely loved it. Like, yeah. property is one of those ones that you have to be really passionate about. But I actually was, so I found it really interesting. Right. Um, but the only thing that bothered me is just sitting about all day. You, right, you'll okay. see me just now. I'm so fidgety. Like, I can't sit yeah. down. I need, I need to be doing something. Um, <laughs> so that's obviously when I started uh, teaching classes for my mum. So right, okay. I don't, if those of you that don't know my mum, she's got her own fitness company as well. And about, must have been six years ago, she broke her ankle. Okay. And I kind of had to step up and take on her classes. So that's when I decided that I was going to fully qualify. And when I started teaching, something just clicked, and that was me. I was like, "This is this is what I want to do." Mm -hmm. Did you did you find it like straight away? Like as soon as you say, like as soon as you started doing those classes, like I can make a career out of this. Like was that? Yeah, I mean, at first, obviously, at first, obviously, it was just teaching at night. So I would work five days a week, eight until five, and then four nights I would go out and teach. But it just wasn't sustainable. I was absolutely right. knackered um, because I'd be getting up at like six o'clock in the morning to go and train myself. 
Yeah. Then I'd go and do my full day at work and then I'd go teach. And honestly, by Friday, I was absolutely knackered. I was just like flat out. Um, and that's when I kind of thought I could probably actually make this work doing it myself. But I knew the teaching classes probably wouldn't do it. So that's why obviously I went and did my, my level three personal training course. Uh, I just did that on the side whilst I was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously last year, was it only last? It was only last year. I decided that I would go just take the plunge and go fully self-employed. Good, good. And you obviously got into CrossFit as well, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So How did you get introduced when, to that? When was that? That must have been two years ago, maybe? Yeah, it must have been two years ago. Um, I'd remembered a couple of the girls, uh, Chantel and Chelsea. I used to see them all the time. I, I worked part-time at Meridian and the Growler just to get some extra cash at the weekends and stuff. And I remember right. they used to come in all the time and be like, just come and join it. And I was like, nah, I'm not a crossfitter. I'm not doing that. Like, no chance. Like, I was so against it. I was like, you just get injured and you just, like, flap about in the bar. I was like, that's just not for me. Just nah. And then one day I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go give it a go. Why not? I'm just going to go. So I went one morning at, to the 6 a.m. class and honestly, I don't think I looked back after that. I just kept going. I just became completely hooked. Uh, for anyone that's not tried CrossFit and you're against it because of everything that you hear, I would. 100% recommend going and actually giving it a bash um, obviously you don't need to go into the competitive side of it just for the fitness aspect it's phenomenal what's the intensity like what is it is it a big difference I mean, between like training just with oh, free weights yeah. and things like that do you notice definitely I mean I obviously went to I was at Bannatines for years and I did a few of the classes but I was mostly just like weight training yeah. and when I went when honestly the first day I went to ULT I was blowing out my arse I was like whoa I am so unfit <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I was really fit because obviously I was teaching my classes and stuff but it's just a complete different ball game yeah I think it's because you're throwing so many different things into it it's that's why it's called functional fitness because right. you're trying to get so many different things in at once but it just made, I mean, I feel the fittest I've ever felt. And obviously, it's should shout out to ULT for keeping me sane during lockdown. They've been great. And they're, they're the ones that have been able to get me to where I am. And it's so, it's such a good, yeah, it's good being strong. But see, feeling fit, it's so much, it's such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So as well as that, like, did you find the benefit straight away when you get kind of changed course to do that kind of level of fitness? Did you find that? A benefit immediately as you say you were kind of blown out straight away but did you yeah. notice the progression was there yeah definitely so obviously it depends on what program you're following and things like that um obviously the gym that i attend GLT, have a great program that i follow and you can see the progress progression as you do it but see even just adding a couple of kilo onto the bar like there's no better feeling and everyone's there to like support you through it and i think that's the difference between crossfit and weight training so weight training you kind of go in and you put your headphones on and you just do your own thing yeah it crossfit is like a community like it's yeah. it's really it's hard to explain unless you've been in a gym but everyone's like there for you like there's no competitiveness until it's a competition if that makes sense right, okay so i think that's really important and you may like i've made some great friends through it and it's going to be friends for life like it's just it's people that want to be because you're like-minded everyone's there for the same you're all there because you want to be not because you have to be Mm -hmm. so when you're talking there about competitions as well like 
you can again to that. Was that a couple of years ago? I remember you mentioned yeah, that you were doing so that. So was that CrossFit was, that started that? Yeah, it was. Was it last year that was my first one? I think it, it was last June. Yeah, right, it was okay. my first competition last June, um, and I'd only just recently gone on to a new program, um, which was which is like the competitive athlete side of ULT, and I'd only just recently gone on to it, and there was qualifiers. So the way that the competitions work is that the competitions send out qualifiers and you do them in the gym and you right, get a okay. judge to record it and then you send it in in the top however many will then qualify for the competition and I remember it was like the lowest level and I just got in and I was like I just did it for like I didn't think I was going to qualify and I just did it for fun and honestly that competition was the biggest wake-up call for me ever because I I'm not a cocky person but I always think I'm quite good at this or whatever. That was like the wake up call I needed to be like, right, I'm actually not that good at this, like even though I think I am. Um, and I think sometimes people need that to kind of bring them down a level or two, which yeah. I think I needed. Um, and it allowed me to kind of focus. I did do better than I thought I would do. Uh, I think I qualified like 60th and I came like 32nd or something, which is fine. Like it's still yeah, a okay. massive difference. Um, yeah. But that, I, I needed that for me to be like right I need to actually start focusing on things a wee bit better obviously CrossFit doesn't have to always be about the competitions but the competitiveness is there if you want it to be um, but that competition was the first one I did another three last year so that's four I've done I had some set up for this year obviously but with the, the Covid there's been Nothing. Just you can't really do them, can they? But see when you're saying that, like you were when your competitions obviously you're getting where where was the competition? In Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough. then the next one was Newcastle. Yeah. Right. And you're going down and there's kinda folk for different areas as well. Like do you know yeah. what was the standard like? Like was it crazy? So yeah, I mean you've got obviously your different um tiers. So you've got like the lowest tier, the kind of so they kinda call it I suppose most competitions have three. It's kind of like the football. You know, you've got like the Champions League and all that. I don't understand yeah. any of it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Look at me, I know something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've got like, your, it's like your beginners, your intermediates and your elites, basically. Um, so the one I went into was called Scaled. So everything was basically scaled down. So it's for people that are new to CrossFit but still want to do the kind of competitive side of it. Um, the, I remember the the, the worst one I ever did in that competition, I had to do a 5k run carrying a sandbag, right? And I thought I was good being able to do like a 1k run. Like I'm not a runner. Like I'm not built to be a runner. And when I was at home practicing, I was like, yeah, I can do 1k fine. And then they were like, you're doing a 5k run with a 25 kilo sandbag. And I was like, oh dear. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was like the standard for the, the beginner's level. And then it just got harder and harder. But the elite level, like the top level, some of these athletes are absolutely insane. Like that's what that's what people like me aspire to be. Yeah. Because to us they're like, I don't know who famous footballers are, Ronaldo. Is he even famous anymore? I don't know. But, like, do you know what I mean? So like and it was just so nice to be able to watch that because these people have jobs these people are just like me they've got a full-time job and they just do this for fun but they're so good at what they do yeah. and i think it's just so aspiring to watch and would they offer you like advice as well like, would they like pull you to the side and basically talk you through so, it and things like that it kind of depends really like 
we we're quite good at ULT that we've obviously got such a good community if any of us are competing like a full squad of us go like everyone's like let's just go watch them all so we're really lucky in the sense that I'm not saying we don't need extra coaching but we've got such good coaches that they, they tell us what to do and everything gets live streamed and then the owner yeah. of the gym or the coaches or whatever are like right tell her to do this or tell her to do that like it's really good but do you know something the best things about competitions is it's just so much fun like there's so yeah, much okay. adrenaline and everyone's just like it's just good do you know what I mean it's a nice community yeah, I don't think definitely. I'm not sure if it will be like that now but as I say everyone always makes fun of CrossFitters because they're always like high-fiving and hugging and that but that's like the best part of it right okay uh, just while you're on that as well you're mentioning there about well I mentioned there about people kind of talking you through things like that when you were kind of starting out in the, the gyms and getting into kind of fitness and that, did you have any kind of people that you aspire to be or were you like people close to you that you were kind of helping you through it? So obviously my inspiration always has been is my mum. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So when she was, she used to be a regional manager of a travel agent and then okay. one day she came home, she had two young kids, me and my big brother, and she came home and she was like, do you know what? I think I'm going to be a fitness instructor. My dad and my gran and everyone was like, no, like you're not leaving a good job to do that. And she was like, do you know what? Yeah, I am. So she just packed in her job and started a fitness company. And obviously my gran and papa like had to fund it a wee bit for her until she paid it back kind of thing. And they were like, you're making a mistake. You're never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. Like, and now what, 25 years down the line, she's still got a successful business that's managed to survive all the way through covid as well when a lot of small businesses aren't surviving especially especially in the fitness industry but she's done so well and i think that's always been kind of like good for me to aspire to as i say um don't get me wrong there's been some times where she's like you're not going to be able to do this full time like everyone goes through that like everyone's parents gets a wee bit oh like are you sure you want to leave a good job like I mean, I was an estate agent. It was a good job. It was a good paid job. And I was like, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Just wing it. And I've been really lucky that I have managed to make it work. But it's hard work. It is really hard work. And anyone that's self-employed, like, hats off to you. Because it is, it is people don't realise the amount of work that has to go into it. Yeah. Especially now, like, when it's been crazy times. Like, you've been... I know. Definitely. It's been so much different. Uh, we'll switch gears a wee bit. We'll talk about something that I've kind of, I didn't know you'd even done this, but when, it was a few years ago, you took part in Fame, the musical. What yeah, was so, <laughs> this, is, this, this is a side of me that people don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> so I started musical theatre when I was probably about nine. Okay. And my mum and dad have always said I am, the words they always use is, she is you're such a drama queen you're actually such a drama queen and I was like I'm gonna use this to my advantage I'm just gonna go and do some drama stuff yeah um so I started that when I was really young uh just at a place in air called Fib mm-hmm. uh, with Jackie and she was great like she really set me up for what I wanted to do um when I was younger I always had this goal to be on the stage it was mm-hmm. always like I'm gonna be on the stage and in a way, I have kind of done that because when I'm teaching classes, I'm on a stage. So right. I'm not, it's, it's the same but different. Um, but I think I must have been maybe 11 when I went to the Kilmarnock one and it was chaos. It was called Kilmarnock Amateur Operatic Society. And it was okay. the first like proper show that 
I was taking part and I'd done like shows like pantos and stuff but this was like the proper show that people pay to go and see at the Palace yeah. Theatre and the first one we did was Oliver and then every year I just kept going back and kept going back and the best one for me definitely was fame like I know I don't look like a dancer but I love dancing <laughs> um, but yeah so I kind of got into that just through singing and dancing I was I did dancing when I was younger every girl does dancing but then yeah. I kind of fell away from it um, and then I went to, to obviously to Chaos and I was there for a few years um, there was so many different shows we did what did we do we did Oliver then we did, the next year was The Sound of Music, then The Wizard of Oz, then Fiddler on the Roof, and then the last one I did was Fame. Oh no, I did Sunshine on Lease as well, actually, which was a good one. Yeah, but it's just one of those ones that no one really knows about. Every, every time I say that to someone, they're like, you do what? And I'm like, musical theatre, yeah, I sing. <laughs> do you miss it? Why would you go back do. to doing that? Do you? I, I love it. I love singing. I find it. I find as much comfort in singing and being on stage dancing as I do when I'm training. Really? Like it's the same, yeah, to me it's the same feeling, but the only issue I've got is obviously when you're doing a professional show like that, they need you in for rehearsals like three days All the time, And I just, just now, I just don't have the time for it. And I know yeah. that sounds really bad. I should make time for myself and what my, my hobbies are, but the business is just, it's got, it's got to come first just now until I obviously Absolutely, build yeah. myself. Yeah. So, as well as that, like, when you got into personal training, was the motivation, kind of, for working for yourself, was that the big thing? Like, or was it more towards, like, helping other people achieve their goals? Surely, your first, when you're starting out doing your own kind of business, it's got to be, right, I've got to make some money out of it, first and foremost. Yeah. Was that the kind of big motivation at the start? So, I kind of actually just fell into to the job at first, um, I was obviously still training for it. And then I was working at a call centre at the time and it was up at Moss Hill Industrial Estate. And I remember my mum tagging me in this uh, new gym opening and it was Force Fitness and it was in Moss Hill Industrial Estate as well. And they were looking for personal trainers and my mum was like, why don't you just message them and tell them the situation? And I was like, do you know what? Fine, I'll just message them. Like I hated my job in a call centre like I cannot really? express how much I hated this job like I, I just I don't like call centres and it's nothing against call centres for people that work in call centres it's just I am not a call centre person like see when people would phone me with the same thing over and over again like 400 times in a day I was like oh my god I was like I cannot cope with this like <laughs> I just I couldn't deal with it and so many times I just ended up like hanging up on people because I was like I honestly I, was like, I just if one more person wants to be about their windows I, <laughs> so what was it you were doing in the call what was it you were doing in the call centre um, it was a double glazing double company glazing. right okay it was hard work it was hard work um, but just like mentally draining do you know what I mean just and were you, kind of, were you kind of regretting the estate giving up the kind of estate agent job at that time or the reason that I had to do that was because obviously I was studying and I needed to go to part-time work. I couldn't study and work because Donald Ross was great and I loved working at Donald Ross, but it was hard. Like, see, your days could be like 12, 13 hours long if right. there was still work to be done. And I couldn't justify it if I had to, like, obviously to achieve my dream, I had to make sacrifices. And that's one of the sacrifices I had to make. Yeah. Um, 
So I messaged the, the Force Fitness page and I met up with the owners and we basically just clicked straight away um, and I went up to their old gym at Cumnock and that's actually where I met Jack, my boyfriend. Okay. And that's just, um, it just kind of happened. And then she was like, right, we open in like three months, like get yourself organized, get yourself a business. And I was like, huh? I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, mom, I need help. I need to open a business. And my mom was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we just kind of, and you know something, as soon as I started advertising that I was going to be a PT, I got such an influx of support. It was amazing. It was so overwhelming. I think I'm really lucky that because I'm doing it in the air and I'm quite well known in the air, not in a cocky way. It's just that because obviously the age group that we are, like yeah. just, we all just knew each other. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. all of our schools were quite, not combined, but we all got on really well. Yeah, we, like, all I, we all kind of knew. We, all, we knew who each other, like everybody else was, like kind of thing. Yeah. And when you walk by the street, you'd be like, oh, there's... Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't know them to see. You wouldn't know them who they were, to but you would know them, who they were. Yeah, yeah. And it was but, kind of bizarre, but I, like as you say, like that would have obviously helped you. Oh, definitely. You know, because a lot of a lot of your friends would have been in a similar boat, like wanting that kind of advice, and when they're when you're yourself kind of getting into it, you I you, think the issue is just now, Scott, is that girls, especially young girls, kind of seventeen, eighteen, are still very reluctant to go into gyms right okay they, they'd rather go out for runs or they would rather go to classes or they'd rather just do hit and burn hundreds and hundreds of calories like none of them none of them want to go in and do weight training themselves right. and I think for me that's actually probably what pushed me into going into personal training because I remember one time going into Vanatine's and I went over to the free weight section and I was just about to shoulder press. I don't know what I was going to shoulder press at 16 or whatever. And I remember this guy coming over to me and he was like, excuse me, hon, I think you're in the wrong place. The treadmills are up the stairs. And I was like, and I was so offended because it was as if like females shouldn't be lifting weights. Right. And I think in this day and age, people need to realise that, yeah, okay, see if you don't want to lift weights, don't lift weights, right? But see if you want to, then just go and do it. Don't be intimidated by people. And I'm not just saying that it's guys that are intimidating. There's a lot of females in gyms that are intimidating for young girls as well. And that's why for me, most of my clients are people either around my age that are scared to go into the gyms themselves or middle-aged women that are also scared to go into the gym themselves. That's kind of my, t my two clientele. And for me, that's important to see them like there's nothing better than me than me seeing my clients when they're not with me and they're in the gym lifting weights. Yeah. That's that's so nice for me to see because I've been able to progress them to be able to do that themselves. Yeah. So do you think as well, like as you say, it was kind of your dream job, but was it out when you're growing your client base as well, like as you say about your friends and things like that? But there was people coming up to you like you didn't know, basically wanting that advice. Like, yeah. was that more of a kind of push as well to kind of build that relationship straight away with people yeah. I didn't know? I think as as well as people just coming up to you, social media is so important yeah. now. Like, if you don't have your social media on point, then your business is probably not going to do that well. Yeah. Um, most most business I get is from social media. Um, I try and put up posts at least twice a day and people are probably like oh my god there she is again shut up but it gets people engaged as soon yeah. as you get people engaged like 
that's how you, you get people interested. They want to see results. They want to see you giving people advice. Like, they don't want to see me. They don't want to see pictures of me. They want to see pictures of my clients doing well and yeah. stuff like that. Does that make sense? No, um, yeah. And I think that's taken me quite a while to, to realise. Um, I always had it in my head that I had to be this perfect role model. Like I had to be constantly on top of my physique and everything like that. And see, in reality, it's not always like that. It can't always be like that. I would be going on holiday and I'd be concerned about putting on weight. And Jack right. would be like, Morgan, your clients don't, you're, you're normal. Like I'm just a normal person, the same as everyone else. Yeah. I'm not a robot. Like, and clients know that, but I think, sometimes it's quite difficult to establish that that's not what people are interested in. They're, people, they're interested in what advice you have to give rather than what you look like as a person. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I think it's always good to look good as a PT, but it also isn't the be-all and end-all. Yeah, and there's a few, like, there's a few of the kind of summer stars that are doing the same as well. Like, do you ask each other for advice and talk to one another? So the fitness industry is a bit kind of like the hairdressing industry, if anyone works in hairdressing. Right. It's not it's not the nicest of industries to work in. Okay. Unless you've got a good group of people, everyone tends to be against everyone, and it's horrible. I yeah, absolutely okay. hate, I hate that side of the fitness industry. Um, I've got some really good friends that are in the business, though. I mean, Nikki, Jameson, I get on really well with her. Uh, okay. We work together at the gym group. She's the same age as me, but obviously she went to Kyle. Yeah. Um, and she does absolutely amazing. Like, she's absolutely smashing everything that she's doing. I've been really lucky in the gyms that I've worked in. I've got on really well with everyone. And obviously, I'm just about to start teaching classes out of an all-females gym. Okay. And I think that's going to be really good as well because female empowerment and all that. Like, let's get the females involved. Like, yeah. And do you know something, say as long as PTs aren't spiteful or just competitive, there's no need for it. Like, there's enough people that want PT out there for yeah. everyone. For everyone. I think, every, I think every business is like that as well. Like, there is that cutthroat side to it of... I know, it's not, just... You're not stealing it, not for me. It's, it's mental. I know. Never and I'm just that. not like that. Uh, like, I'm just not... I've always said, see if someone comes to me and I don't think, like... I'm not one of these people that will take on anyone and everyone. I need to make sure that I, I fit them and they fit me. And if they don't, I will always recommend them to go to someone else. Like I'll give I'll give them names. I'll be like, yeah. this person's really good for this. Like so, for example, Jack's really good at the sporting side of it. So people that want to get into sports kind of side of it. Whereas I'm not really I'm more of like a weight loss transformation coach. Okay. So if someone comes to me that's interested in, for example, if they wanted to play rugby and they wanted to get really good at skills and stuff, then I'd be yeah. like, Here, here's Jack's information, contact him. Yeah. It's not that I'm not interested. It's just that I don't know, I don't have enough knowledge in that field to be able to do it. And I don't want to be a bad coach. I'd rather coach people that I know what I'm focusing on. Yeah. Do you think as well, as you say, sticking to one specific thing, opens you up to more people like as because if you try and do everything does it make it harder to get a, a different level of client particular does that make sense yeah I, i'm not actually sure because obviously i've always had my kind of niche of what yeah who i like having in um 
most people do come to me for weight loss that's predominantly the, the people that come to me which is fine like I can help people with that but I've also had girls come to me that need to go the, the opposite way so they've had eating disorders or they've had anything like that and they need to gain a wee bit like so one of my most loyal clients um she's been with me since the beginning and she's been doing three sessions with me every single week since and okay she actually used to suffer really badly from eating disorders and right. she's managed to gain weight she's sitting the heaviest that she's sat in probably about 10 years but she looks absolutely phenomenal she feels amazing and she's not scared to go into the gym herself now whereas before she was and that to me I've reached my goal on that like I've transformed her to the way that she wanted to be and we've become really good friends in the process brilliant good are you goals orientated like is that your always yeah <laughs> always. I, I think a lot of people like in your kind of industry are like I think I've noticed that talking to people yeah goals are the main thing I think for anything I don't even just set goals within training and stuff I set goals within my whole life See if you have something in in front of you and it's sitting in front of you, you're you're gonna go towards it. So I actually started this from James Smith. I don't know if you know James Smith, the guy, he's a online PT. So nice. he he does loads of podcasts and I listen to him all the time. He's okay. massive now. He's probably he now lives in Sydney, but he's absolutely massive as an online coach. He's got his own academy and stuff like that. Yes. He said that when he came out of his PT course he made a vision board and he wrote on that how much money he was going to make and what he was going to achieve in the next three months six months and a year and because it was sitting right in front of him he made sure that he hit every single one of them yeah and I think that for anything in life it's really important to set a goal because see if you're not setting a goal what are you actually working yeah, towards I, know, I totally agree with you I think it's, it's like well, what <laughs> I think as well that we're all we're all set up to basically what we want to do. We've got an idea in our head, but once you put that down on paper, that's it on paper. Yeah, exactly. That's... And I feel like I, I'm quite stubborn. If I write something down and I'm not getting there, I'm like, right, what can I do to change this? Because, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people are like that as well, though. Like, my mum has a vision board in the front room because she, if she writes things down, she knows that she's going to get it. Yeah. Just while you're on your family, how big an influence are they? Are your family to you? Because all the time that I, whenever like, I, I see you in like, social media, I see you, whatever, you're always talking about them. Always. Oh, it's, I know. Like, like, <laughs> I know. Like that, I, like. I feel like people are probably fed up looking at photos of my, my family, but do you know something? I couldn't be where I am without my family. Like, my mum and dad have been such a good support system for me through everything. Like, I've had many a job. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Then I changed and I chopped and I changed. And I, didn't have the best time like the last couple of years haven't been great for me yeah um obviously I've gone through some mental struggles and things like that and honestly I could not thank them enough for being such a they're just like my, yeah. my support system the same with my brother like my brother doesn't live here he now lives in Edinburgh and he has done for probably about six or seven years but I make sure that I speak to him every single day like and obviously, I'm so I'm I'm quite a family orientated person anyway. Like my gran and my papa, who sadly passed away in January, they were like my rocks. My papa's always been my rock. Yeah. And my my gran now, like I make sure I phone my gran at least three or four times a week. I go and see her all the time. Like yeah. she's great and she's so supportive. Like 
I can't actually, I can't imagine anyone having, not having that. Yeah, I, I, I just can't imagine it. It must be so hard because my mom and dad especially put up with so much, like so much. And they do so much for me as well, obviously. I'm not actually returning back to the gym. My mom and dad have turned my front room into a gym for me. So, yeah, so I'm going to be doing all my PTs from my house now. And, I mean, they've sold all their furniture and everything so that I can do that. And not many parents would do that. So I can't honestly express how grateful I am to have such a good family around me. Yeah, That's excellent. Excellent to hear that. And as well as that, I wanted to ask you, how did the TikTok start? I remember at the start of lockdown, (laughs) every day there there was a different TikTok coming out. I actually forgot it. <laughs> I can't even remember it. Oh, do you know what it was, right? I tried to teach my mum the hoedown throwdown. Do you remember the hoedown throwdown from the Miley Cyrus film? I think I do. I don't know if anyone will remember this, right? It was Hannah Montana and it was the hoedown and I tried to teach it over and over again and she just, see for being a fitness instructor, she's got no sense of coordination. And I was like, mum, <laughs> Every time I'd do a left arm, she'd do a right, and I'd be like, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) And I was like, maybe we should just start doing TikToks. And then as soon as we did one, everyone was like, we want more, we want more. And I think we ended up doing about 40 of them. Yeah, there was one every day. I was like, it was, they were all all brilliant as well. Oh, we had so much fun. One time we were out on a walk, and this guy was out on a bike, and he was like, hey, it's the two lassies that do the TikToks. And I was like, Oh jeez! <laughs> I was like, "This is not okay." <laughs> so when you're like going through lockdown as well, like was you having your family there with you? Were you talking about what you were going to do after lockdown was over, like getting that plan in place? As you say, like your so, mum and dad had basically they basically sacrificed a lot so you can kind of yeah have a lot. So were you kind of talking that, through it? The issue was, obviously, we didn't know how long we were going to be in lockdown, what was going to happen after it. Like, my dad's obviously a teacher, so he's got job security. He's fine. He knows he's going back. Um, My my mum's been doing her online classes. She does three classes a day for all her clients, which is great. Um, But it wasn't until we kind of got deeper and deeper into lockdown that I was a bit kind of like, this is a bit worrying. Like, I don't know when this is going to end. And then I thought to myself, the way that when they started to open things up, but obviously capping numbers, I started thinking, geez, I was like, if they're going to start start capping gyms, I was like, how am I supposed to do PT out of gyms? And then I started yeah. to kind of go into overdrive thinking, how are we going to do this, mum? Because obviously my mum can have between 30 and 40 people in a class at any one time, and she's just not going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah. So we just kind of had to brainstorm ideas and think, originally we wanted to, to build something in the back garden but the garden just isn't big enough I've got two dogs and okay. it just wouldn't be fair to cut more of the garden away if that makes sense yeah definitely so this was kind of the only option that we had that would cater for both my mum and myself because obviously she doesn't know when she's going to be able to go back so she's going to have to continue to do the online classes so she'll just use the front room as well but um, I think it was more the fear of the unknown. I, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. surprises. I'm not a surprisey person, so don't ever try and surprise me with anything because I hate it. <laughs> like, honestly, it's a nightmare. See, even for my birthday when Jack was like, oh, I've just bought you something. I'm like, tell me what it is. And he's like, no, it's a surprise. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm going to fall out with you if you don't tell me what it is. And I don't like that. I like to know 
what's happening and when it's happening and how it's happening and unfortunately everyone's been in the same boat though no one's really known so we've kind of just had to take every day as it comes do you know what I mean that's been wild but as you say I actually still can't believe it I cannot believe we're in August nearly September what a year but we've just had a wasted year Mm -hmm. it's been It's been weird. Like, it has been. Particularly, you know, like, I'd, I'd planned to do this much sooner. And I remember I was telling you, like, ages Yeah, ago. that was, like, February. I was actually saying that because I was actually chatting to Calvin. Um, Calvin McCord, I was chatting yeah. to him about it. And I was like, I was like, we actually organised this in, like, February or something. Yeah. I know, it's just been wild. Like, I was trying to just get things going. But it was, like, I think as well, like, we'll get on to kind of your... Kind of the kind of mental struggles you went through, but I think there was a, a big loss in motivation for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, like I know. Didn't know what was happening one day to the next. I, I still think we don't as well, but it was just it was so difficult. Even now, it's still it's still hard. But well, I know. I think I always did feel for people that loved themselves, though, Aye, because so if that. I'd if, if I didn't have. And I was really lucky because Jack moved in as well. So we were really lucky. That, yeah, so there was the four of us in here. We had a great laugh. Like, do you know what I mean? We did the TikToks and we just kind of chilled for the first kind of four or five weeks. And then I was like, I actually should probably do some work or something. Like, because yeah. it was kind of, at first it just felt like a holiday, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It, felt, I, it felt like a holiday. And then kind of, as you say, like a month into it, it was like, it's no feeling good anymore. Like, it's not a holiday anymore. Life and there, was not, there was nothing to do as well. Like Usually like if I'm on holiday or something, like there's usually something on at night, like football or something, no, and I was like, right, I watch that. There was nothing. Absolutely nothing. Especially the first, was it not like the first 12 weeks or something, you could only go out the house once. Yeah. Once a day, you're allowed out the house, and you're like, I've, I've been for my walk, and it's only half nine in the morning. What am I supposed to do? I know, I know. And it was like supermarkets. If going into supermarkets was crazy at the start. But it still has a wee bit, but... I still find it so surreal, people walking about with masks on. So I just can't all get used to it. Yeah, so that's crazy. But we'll switch gears. We'll, like, obviously, like, you've mentioned it earlier about your kind of mental struggles. Just if you're all right, talk to us about it, just... What, what kind of went on? Um, so I am very much one of these people that if something bad happens, I'm like, oh, it'll be fine, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Like, I need to keep working. I am 24-7. My mum and dad say I'm like a Duracell bunny. I never stop. Like, I just, I can't be doing nothing, ever. Okay. Okay. And I'm quite hard on myself because I don't allow myself a break. Like even when I'm on holiday, like last year, I went out to Cyprus to see my best friend Katie. And mm-hmm. even when I was there, I was at the gym twice a day or whatever. And she was like, can you just chill out? You're on holiday. And I was like, I know. I was like, but you know, I've got to keep doing something. I'm going to be busy. Like I couldn't, I can't just do nothing. And I, I think that's actually quite a negative thing. Like I should be able to switch off, but I just can't. Yeah. Um, and if, as I say, if something bad happens, I'm like, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it another day. Like, I'll just, I'll deal with it another time. And I don't really let anything sink in until I kind of sit down and I'm like, well, I've actually been through quite a lot. And um, the first issues kind of started when I was 16 and I let it settle, didn't really do anything about it. Something else happened when I was maybe 17 or 18 and I just kind of let it just sit and I've never dealt with it. I don't really speak to people about my problems because I don't want to be a burden. So if okay. my, my classic phrase, and Jack will back me up, is I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'll deal with it. I'm fine. Um, so 
as I say, things just built up and built up. And then obviously with my papa passing in January, that was me. I hit rock bottom. And for anyone that has been at rock bottom and managed to climb themselves back up, massive hats off to you because it is shit. It's awful. Yeah. See, when you, when you hit a point in life where there's no purpose of life, right. it's, I can't even describe how awful it is. And I remember back, obviously, in January when I started to get help and things like that, I remember so many people saying to me, but you're so happy all the time. You're so happy all the time. And I was like, yep. But that's just the problem nowadays. Everyone thinks everyone's just happy all the time. And I think social media has a lot to do, to do with it. Uh, if it wasn't for my business, I would not have social media because I think that it causes a lot of issues. I mean, look at Caroline Flack, right, okay. for example. Yeah. She was she got completely abused over social media and look where that, that turned out for her. And I think especially for young people and guys, especially because guys don't like to admit it, if you need help, just get it. That's all I can say. Absolutely. Just get it. Don't be ashamed to get it and see if you don't want to go and wait. So I originally went to the NHS and they put me on a waiting list. And last week I got my letter through to say that there was space available. Now that's what we're now in August. That was January, seven months down the line. No, it's not good enough. It's not. And yeah, okay, this pandemic is crazy, but mental health is a pandemic as well. And people Absolutely. need to remember that, especially during this time. When people are isolated, they're lonely, they're bored. Yeah. People are gaining weight because they're binge eating or whatever. Then they're getting depressed over the fact that they've gained weight. Right. There's no gyms to go to. There's, no, yeah. there's so many different things. Like People can't see their family. People are alone in four walls. Like This needs to be addressed ASAP, but yeah. it's not. There's just no money going into mental health, and it's a shame because it's going to end up it's going to be awful if it doesn't get sorted. Like, you see it in the news all the time. Yeah. Did you and kind I mean, of lose motivation? Like, when you were particularly training, like, you've, you've told me before, training's your kind of, your be-all, end-all. Like, that's the one thing you, you do consistently. Did you lose the motivation to do that when this, when you yeah, were kind of so, dealing with this? Yeah, so when um, Pops passed away, I don't think I went to the gym for about three weeks. And see, for me, that is massive. Right. massive like I had the coaches messaging me are you okay is everything okay like because normally I'm in the gym twice a day so right. they, they see me all the time and see to not then see me like I just couldn't I honestly just went into my room all the time and I, I just sat there I didn't want to see anyone I didn't want to see Jack I didn't want to see and that's that's I think when people were like there's actually something wrong here um I'd recently lost my job in force as well so I was stressed there was a lot of things just adding up um that I needed to speak to someone and I was as I say with my family support I was really really lucky that I went privately to counselling that my parents and my brother very kindly paid for and six sessions and I was discharged he hypnotized me he did something magical I don't know what he did but honestly I came out like a new person yeah um, if anyone is watching this and is struggling, please reach out, give me a message. I'm happy to speak to you and give you Kevin's details. Honestly, he's a life lifesaver yeah. for me. He for me, well for me, he did save my life. 
So yeah. I'll put his link down as well because I yeah, I have heard he stories he of how well he does, particularly yourself. Like of yeah, I've heard he's good. Uh, as well as that, like you, you mentioned, your your family, your family put up kind of the money to get you the counselling. How big a how big a motivation were they to kind of help you through it? So for me, basically, I got taken into hospital because I overdosed. I'm just I just say that because it's been on the internet anyway. So. I ended up in the hospital and my mum and dad, my dad was on a night out at the time and he turned up fully kitted out in his suit and his tie, raging because obviously I've just mucked up his night out as she would be and see when they walked in and the look on their face, see for that, that was me, I was like I need to sort my shit out, like if that had gone too far and I had gone too far, like they'd be left without a daughter. Like, and when I saw their faces, that that did something to me. And I was like, do you know something? They were great after it. They were, and do you know, all the girls at the gym, hats off to them, they were all great. All my clients, everyone was so supportive because they always thought that, like, I'm a strong person. Everyone always says, you're such a strong person. Like, you've been through so much and you deal with so much. And do you know something I do? I deal with it and I just let it, yeah. just let it boil away at me. And I am a strong person. You'll very rarely see me cry. I'm a very strong person. But something, as soon as, as I say, as soon as I saw my mum and dad's face, I was like, like, I could have fucked this. Like, and that's what I think made me realise that I had to make a change. Good. Um, do you feel as if you're, you're getting there now? Like, Oh, definitely. Definitely. I thought when we, when obviously things got released that we weren't going to have gyms and stuff, I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. I was like, because obviously, as you said, I have always used the gym as my go-to to, do you know, yeah. it lets off steam. Anyone that doesn't train and thinks that it's pointless, honestly, if you're stressed or anything, it lets off so much steam. It's great. It's, it's really good for that. Um, but again, I was really lucky that my mom and my dad were like, look, We'll get you gym equipment. You can train here. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, and then Jack brought me down loads of his weights because he had weights at the house anyway. And I've been really lucky in that sense that I've been able to train. Um, you don't need equipment to train though. As I've said, you can yeah. do it with a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I think it was quite difficult to get myself up and moving. But as soon as I, I saw my mum teaching her class or whatever, I was like, right, she's up. I'll get up. I'll go and train and I'll feel better for it. And I did. Brilliant. But it's just good to hear that you're getting back to yourself because yeah. I think that's yeah. a, a big thing as well. Like You've got to feel good about yourself. Definitely. And I think you'll agree. It's, it's difficult as well when you're, obviously, when you're going through stuff, trying to run a business. I mean, trying to run a business is hard enough. Yeah. Anyone that's self-employed will understand trying to run a business is hard enough. But see when you're dealing with your own shit as well it's tough it is really quite difficult and you need so much willpower but you also need to use your support system and anyone that doesn't have a support system please reach out speak to me speak to scott speak to someone absolutely well can i move on to the future i think we're all kind of desperate to get there get to some sort of back to normal life what's the plans what's the plans after you know you get the gym's open, you, you're allowed clients in, things like that. What's the, what's the next step in your, your career? And- cool. 
So um, I'm going to be obviously PTing out of my home studio, which is getting floored currently, actually. Um, so that's all getting floored. Um, so that'll be good because I've also got loads of new weights, new equipment and everything coming. It's really exciting. I'm excited for it. Um, and I'm going to be teaching classes from Flo's Fitness Boutique, which is down Crown Street. All females gym and it's classes, there's yoga, there's Pilates, there's all those stuff that women love. Um, so that'll be good fun. I enjoy teaching classes, so that'll be nice for a kind of change because I've not done that in a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for to get my clients back in. As I say, I've still been working the last kind of month or so when we've been allowed to see people. I've been doing outdoor sessions, I've been going to them, they've been coming here, blah, blah, blah. So it's been good having them back and just, it's so different having someone in front of you than trying to do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that was that was important for my clients to obviously get that back. Um, but yeah, I think the the fitness boutique flows is going to be good fun because it's all females. I think it'll be yeah. a good laugh. Uh, obviously, with the government guidelines, we need to be careful with numbers and things, but everywhere is going to be the same. Absolutely. And how do you see the fitness industry changing after what's happened? You know, I was actually listening to, I listen to podcasts. I go out and walk every day and I listen to fitness podcasts. I'm such a geek. I know. <laughs> um, and <laughs> you'll probably see me like stomping around there with my headphones on. Um, so they were talking about how, and so it's an, it's an American podcast, and they were talking about how in America, 40% of gyms have had to close because of, of the COVID, like they've yeah. just not got any money to, to fund it anymore. And that makes me really sad because all of these people are obviously doing it from scratch, the same as me. Yeah. Um, I think a lot more people are going to be training from home though. Yeah. I think a lot of people now know that they can train from home and will be. Um, yeah. A lot of people are still very skeptical about going back into gyms because of the close and the closeness you'll be with people. And it's the same way everyone's going to be scared to do everything for a first time. I think it's the yeah. same with, like swimming pools. Like people are going to be like, oh, "Don't really want to go in there," yeah. um, which is a shame because these gyms are trying to make a living the same as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, for me, nothing's really changing apart from the fact that I'm not going to be working out of a gym. I'm still going to go down to ULT and train with all my girls. I'm still going to be able to see all my clients and I'm going to obviously be teaching the classes. Um, but a lot of people will not be. And I think that for me was another reason why I had to decide to move away from the gyms because a lot of my clients who are older just point blank said they're not going back to a gym because they don't feel comfortable. And I was like, well... If I'm going to be losing 50% of my clients, I need to make a change. Yeah. So it's just really, it's kind of these, one of these ones you've got to speculate to accumulate, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And as well as that, like you mentioned earlier on about online, how important can an online coaching been to yourself and, as you say, your clients kind of mental health, just keeping them on the, yeah. on the track? Because they've, the five months they've not been able to kind of do what they're used yeah. to doing and yourself, you've been in the same boat. How important can the online division being to get that still get that kind of communication and relationship so i think say for people like me i will train if i feel shy if i feel great because it's like dialed into my head that i will train yeah. it's like part of my day but say for like your random sally that trains because she knows that she has to go to the gym twice a week yeah. see for me sending her a wee message being like hi, make sure you do your training today. She'll be like, nah, 
or she'll just reply and be like okay I've done it when she's actually not kind of thing like because people don't there's more to it than motivation like yeah okay you need to be motivated to do it but you actually need to implicate it to be able to do it and I think a lot of people a lot of people can't do that themselves they need someone there to be watching them it's accountability at the end of the day they need to be accountable to someone and that's why it's really important that if I say right I'm doing a zoom call at one o'clock I will tell you the workout and you're doing it there and then because I'm there watching them and they're going to do it yeah and it also gives them that time where I can just be like how's things Mm-hmm. how are you feeling yeah. is there anything you want to talk about I'm really lucky as I've already said that my clients have all become really good friends of mine and I honestly speak to my clients more than I speak to Jack probably mm-hmm. um, okay. they, they message me all the time I don't think I have a single day where I've not spoke to every single one of my clients I check okay. in with them every single day because I think that's important Absolutely. I, I'm some of these people I'm the only person they have right okay so I want to make sure that they're getting checked on and you know what that's not in my job description and I make life harder and I do I make life harder for myself because I put so much pressure on myself but I like to check up on them I send them all every single one of them a message in the morning in the group chat just saying morning guys this is what I'm having for my breakfast hope you all have a lovely day and you know what half of them probably go shut up Morgan I'm fed (laughs) up looking at what you eat for your breakfast but see, for the other half, that's the only chat they get that day. Right. And I think, to me, if that was me and their situation, I try and put myself into their situation, that message would mean so much more yeah. to me because so I'm getting that. Yeah, so definitely. Brilliant. Delighted to hear that. Uh, are you all right closing in some quite fire questions? <sighs> okay. Right. Okay, <laughs> we'll start. I've got them here. First of all, favourite sport? Oh, Volleyball. Volleyball. Right, are you a football fan? Can be, depends. Right, what's, I your, don't, favorite, I don't. what's your favourite team? Celtic. Right, okay. Uh, you weren't expecting that. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that at all. Uh, if you had a dinner party tomorrow and you can invite three famous people dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Michael McIntyre. Right, okay. Kevin Bridges. And Catherine Davis' daughter, who's a famous athlete. She's a CrossFit athlete. Right, okay. There's a lot of laughs at that table, wouldn't there? That would be so funny. <laughs> I, was going to ask, I was going to ask Fitness Hero, but I think you've just answered that. Yeah, Catherine, definitely. Brilliant. Definitely. Biggest pet peeve. This doesn't have to be anything fitness. This can be anything at all, like leaving lights on or anything like that. What's the biggest pet peeve you've got? What, that annoys me the most? Yeah. When Jack doesn't open the windows in the morning. Really? Yeah, if he's watching this, I'm telling you right now, Jack, I swear to God, open the bloody windows in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favourite movie and TV show? Ooh, movie Green Street. All right, okay. TV show Friends. You still a Friends fan? Oh, I've always been a Friends fan. You know what I'm like? I can't get enough of it. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, one interesting fact about yourself that nobody watching will know. Ooh. I have a bed full of teddy bears from when I was a child. You've just answered my next question as well, because I was going to ask, what's the one thing you've still got for your childhood? So that's a two and one there. Yeah, I know. All my teddies, they all sit in my bed, all lined up perfectly. Are you still a child <laughs> at heart? Absolutely. 
Yeah. I feel like I'll never grow up. Nah, I don't either. <laughs> it's brilliant. Morgan, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's been great to listen to your story. And Thanks very much for all, having me. No problem at all. All the very best for the future. And thanks very much. It's been great. You, you too. Speak to you soon. Thanks very much, Morgan. That's been great.